Hi, I'm Paul Stringflow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's all about the art of the portable, so be ready to be moved and enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to this week's edition of Tech Interviews. Uh, so on the show this week, we're going to be taking a look at an area that um, I, I find is an increasingly core part of designing kind of modern data platforms, modern data strategy. Uh, it was inspired by something that I saw uh, today's guest present at a recent um, Cloud Field Day event. So uh, so I thought I'd get them on to talk about what they uh, they were doing and uh, why it's a, it's an important part of today's modern tech industry. Uh, so I've got a um, oft-returning guest to the show, uh, none other than Michael Cade. Hi, Michael. How are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm all good. Excited to be here again, right? Yeah, well, it seems a while since you've been on. Um, I, I was uh, The seat that I have in the studio ready just for you to sit on was getting a little bit lonely. So I thought it was about time we found an excuse to have you back on. So so welcome back. But for people who've not heard you before, uh, why don't you tell a little bit about who you are, what it is you do? Yeah, so I'm I'm Michael Cade. I'm a senior global technologist at Veeam. I sit in the um, the product strategy team there. So what does that mean? We interact with our product management team, our product marketing team, and a lot with our the IT community and our customers, etc. Basically, we're the we we'd like to think that we're the ones in the middle that are giving good feedback from the field into our product team and and spreading all of the new and good stuff that we're doing out there from a Veeam perspective. Yeah, and I think it's quite an interesting role because I, I was speaking with, um, well, in fact, on, on a, an episode of the show um, with Gardi Orin from uh, Logic Monitor, and he, he has a similar kind of role. And I think people who have that role in organizations where they are the kind of the, as you said, that in-between between what you're seeing from partners and, and customers and, and the industry in general, and being able to feed that back into making sure that your organization, your business is producing the right kind of solutions, I think um, I think quite an important role. So, um, you know, so I, I think they're, they're, all, they're always useful. And I, and I think being able to get, have somebody who understands kind of what the market's up to and feeding that back to make sure that the solutions that you produce are a um, are the right kind of thing to, to you know answer the right kind of business queries is uh, is all good so pat on the back for you nice work um so but that's that's not the point of uh, of this week's conversation um so this was I, I wanted to kind of touch on something that you spoke about at a recent uh, cloud field day event um and you was talking about this idea of data portability um and I, you know as i said in the introduction i think that's a really important part of kind of modern data strategy, modern IT strategy. Um, but it's all, right, all well and good what I think. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of your view of portability? You know, what, what is it you mean by portability? And, and kind of what was the point of what, what you were sharing at that uh, Cloud Field Day event? Yeah, so so in general, in general, um, what do we mean by portability? If, you, if we rewind 10, 15 years, so before the, the public cloud rush, if you like, then we were kind of fixed in our silos. We had our storage, we had our compute, and we just built our workloads. And yeah, okay, we might replicate them, we might back them up and all of that good stuff. But then along came these public clouds, these service providers offering that extension of the data center. And I think where the the real, the, the crux of what we were talking about from a portability point of view was obviously being focused, but what, we need within a, like a data strategy. I know that's a big thing that you've you've really um, focused on as well with your content, Paul. Is is around oh, how can we assist com- companies, businesses, to be able to move their data from A to B and potentially back to A again and then to C. And 
that doesn't necessarily need to be. I think I think when pub, the public cloud started to be a, an actual viable solution for people, I think the the first scaremongering was, oh, cost. We need to go there because of cost. And then it was, we shouldn't go there because of cost. That's not the only reason to use public cloud. It could be performance. It could be efficiencies. It could be burstable workloads. And I think so that's, that would be my 25-word description of what, what I believe portability is. Yeah, and I think you made a, a very good point there and um, partly made a good point because you was quoting something I've been talking about. So, um, so you know, so that's obviously going to be a great point, isn't it? Uh, but the idea of kind of data strategy and, and you know, and I think it, it is important that we have, you know, as we're designing kind of our platforms for you know, meeting modern business needs is that that platform should be designed around the data being at the core of it you know being a very very much a data centric strategy i think still too often that we're building kind of it strategies and uh, you know and I'm, I'm sure people listening to this will, will be able to relate to it that when they're building it strategy they're still thinking quite a lot about infrastructure you know so what kind of storage should I have what kind of servers what should i do about the networking as opposed to the kind of almost the whole point of the endeavor what am i doing with the data that i've got and the information that that produces and and that's what really struck me about kind of the presentation that you gave was that idea that when we look at portability and not just of data but of workloads as well it was very much around uh, the focus being what do i do with this workload what do i do with this data and this information how do i get it to the right place at the right time um you know, and, and so so when we look at that, I mean, why why is being able to do that important? You know, what's your take on why people need this kind of portability in their infrastructure? So there's really three use cases, and we're so we're in a pretty good position where we're we we should be or we are in the centre of a customer's decision for data protection. So we handle the most important data of a customer. But what that what we're seeing or what we're getting back from our customer base is that art, art of the the portable is being able to lift and shift those workloads from a backup perspective and restore those in a pretty easy, simple, reliable fashion into, let's say, a public cloud, AWS, Azure, or even to a different area a different a hyper-v stack from vmware or hyper-v into vmware and like so those various different like anything to anything type restore functionality and what what i mean by that is being able to take those nearly new backups or nearly new data in terms of a backup and actually put that data to work i think again we go back 10 15 years even in fact i'd say go back five years is backup was just about keeping a point in time copy of the data, just in case our data center flooded, our power went out, our, uh, we, those, the new threats of cybersecurity and all of that stuff weren't there. But now I think from a, a data management point of view, Veeam is really set on, uh, how do we do more with that data? So the first thing that we're hearing about this portability and how they're using some of our features is how do we, how can we push that data that we've been taking on a daily basis, hourly basis, and push that into an Azure or AWS and get that spinning up and, and let someone else do something with that, i.e. test and development or security teams or a another to be able to glean some information out of that. The whole the whole point of, and again, I'll plug again because you'll let me back on then, Paul, um, plug some of your content is around 
there is so much more that that data could be doing for your business. Whereas, again, go back five years is that, or however long, is that that data is just sat in a backup format that cannot be, that was never used and it would just die of its retention and off it goes. Now, what we want to do at Veeam is unlock the, the ability to do something with that data. And that's where that portability comes in. So the first, first use case is that is test and development. How can we take that data, move that, or take a copy of that data and convert that into an AWS EC2 instance or a group of EC2 instances that all talk to each other on the same network and make it really simple to do that conversion. Second is a lot of people are dipping their toe in the water around migrating to the cloud. And they might be taking their, I'm going to use a new term, like a DevOps or a, a, a new, um, like a Kubernetes type type phrase, using they're, they're, customers are running a monolith application on, on premises. And let's take that as a, as a VM or a physical machine. And they, they need, uh, their C-level execs are saying, we need to be in the public cloud because it's cheaper, it's faster, it's um, because someone at my golf club is doing it. Um, <laughs> so obviously they come in on Monday morning and they, they think that they need to get that into the cloud as fast as possible. Well, we've got the ability to do that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's right, but we can take that monolith and we can push that into an EC2 instance. Now, there are much better ways of actually leveraging the cloud. That's going to be more cost-effective, more performant, and more efficient. But in theory, there are people that are taking their workloads from on-premises and just simply migrating. And that's another thing that we're seeing quite a lot of is we're seeing a lot of people look at that as a as a migration strategy for their workloads and data. And then finally is disaster recovery. How can we how can we leverage the cloud to be our disaster recovery site? I don't want to for maybe compliance or regulation. I don't want to use a service provider. I don't want to use I don't want to purchase another site. I don't have the funds available to to capex another site. So let's leverage the cloud as a as our secondary site, in air quotes, and be able to then send the data there. Now, from a Veeam perspective, we don't have our traditional replication into the cloud, but we have ways of getting that data into the cloud, whether that be through pushing that data to object storage, whether that be the direct restore to AWS or Azure. And then also we've got the ability to interact and integrate into VMware on AWS, but we're seeing a, a bit of an uptake on, on conversations around that as well, where actually our replication does work and allows us to to put, push in a, a full failover site type type um, capability there. I mean, I think there's, um, there's a whole bunch of things you've just said there that are, are really interesting. I think a, a, a part of probably why when I, I saw you kind of give that presentation that, that really appealed to me. And I think, you know, if you look at the reasons that people might want this portability you know none of the reasons you just mentioned there were really technical reasons you know that was all about business outcomes you know and I, and I think that plays quite well with the idea that this is about building strategies that are focused on the data you know you, I think you used a phrase in there about how um, the data could do how you could put the data to work for better outcomes for your business and, and all of the examples that you've just given there are all very much around that you know this is not about all oh, just moving stuff around because you can this is about moving stuff around because there's some real value in doing it you know whether it's test and dev whether it's to help do a migration whether it's uh, maybe move a workload to somewhere where you can do something i think you kind of touched on that idea where you can move a workload to somewhere and give it to somebody who can then do more with it so i mean is, is that is that something you see when you talk about portability that actually the driver in a lot of cases 
is indeed those kind of actually I'm trying to achieve a business outcome. This is not about I'm trying to do a technology thing, but I want to do something different in my business. And the way to do that is I need to move this from A to B. You know, is that is that what you see? Yeah, 100%. So to put a use case around a, a company that I spoke to last week um, here in the UK, they've just acquired or there's a merge of businesses into a group. There's 21 businesses and this the, the there's one company that is inheriting all of the IT. So obviously they've got a bit of a work on, like they've got a, a huge task to be able to incorporate all of these child domains into their into their um, infrastructure. So what they're speaking to us about, and they're already a Veeam customer, actually in, in 19 of those 21 shops, they're all, all Veeam. So fingers crossed that we, we get the rest of them as well. But but ultimately, the um, what they, they're looking at, the, the whole portability story for us is they're actually going to spin up a isolated environment in AWS where they'll push in each of the company's IT or critical IT workloads. So they're not affecting the production of the 21, but they're going to push all of the critical workloads via Veeam backups into AWS. They're going to, and they're going to do that on a daily basis. And so they're, they're, um, they're going to have fresh data in there or whatever that schedule is. And then they're going to be able to work out the plan of being able to merge and consolidate the, the IT resources because they don't have enough resource on premises in any of the, in all of the 21 they're all disparate and they're all um um spread out type environments as well across the uk and so they're going to leverage aws for that for the for the testing of a migration and in the end obviously out the back of that they're going to come up with a plan on how do we how do we consolidate this how do we where do we then host it for these 21 sites how do we they're, do, um, they're, they're leveraging our technologies to build out these isolated environments. And this is not the same story as if, if anyone's familiar with Veeam, we talk about Veeam Data Labs and an isolated sandbox environment and it's really taking your vSphere environment and, and putting a, a subset of applications together and allowing you to test against patches, updates, etc. Um, this is actually going one step further and being able to send all of those those sites into one location, one the same VPC, the same Amazon account, and then actually start playing with them to see, okay, we need to make these all child domains in this Active Directory and play that game. And it just, rather than doing it on paper on, on a whiteboard in a boardroom, they've got the ability to quite quickly because they've already been they're already being customers so the data is fully available they're literally just going to start uploading data into the cloud now the the ingress of that cost them nothing the spinning up of those workloads okay that's going to cost them something but they're never ever going to need to really bring any of that data down because they're going to document and 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 come up with the uh, the plan whilst whilst physically putting the the process in place with this next to new data and then they'll come back and they'll go right well we need to do this and the likelihood hit the likelihood is is that they're going to be looking to leverage aws as their their new data center their new premises where they look to then um host all of their 
mission critical application. Just say it, it was funny because actually before we started recording, we, we were talking about this idea of portability. And one of the things you said to me was that portability and flexibility are almost interchangeable in this. And I think the, the thing you just talked about there is a really good example of that, isn't it? Is that, you know, the, you know, we, we've got the portability of workloads and data, you know, we're not, but we've got the flexibility to say, because when we're talking about portability, we don't mean that you necessarily have to move a data or workload from point A to point B. We've also got the flexibility to say, well, actually, we're not moving it, but what we're going to do is we're taking a copy of it and putting it somewhere, and then we can manipulate that. Or in this case, we can do a test migration. We can test what that new infrastructure might look like. And we've got the flexibility. If we don't like it, we can just you know, rip it up, start again, port another load of data in. So so I think I did, this is a kind of a really good example of that, that kind of you know, portability and, and flexibility. So it's not just about moving stuff around, but it's been able to move stuff around and be kind of really flexible with it, with, with, you know, where you move it, how you move it, how you treat it in a new location, whether you actually just move it, you know, whether it's moved from one place and deleted or whether it's left in multiple places and cleared up later. You know, I think that's a, you know, that that use case is is uh, really interesting. And sorry, you was, you was going to kind of wrap up with, with a bit more on that use case, was you there? Yeah, yeah. Um... There's three things that, I, like, so I was an SE before, so I had to sit on the side and keep my salesman um, honest. Is that, but there's three things for any of us, even like in our in our day to day private lives, but also in the in the enterprise, in the the commercial, in in business, is I'm not going to make any changes unless unless it's um, going to provide a better better business outcome or some some benefit to the company. It, it's going to reduce my cost everyone loves that in our day-to-day lives and, and also reduce risk if you're managing so these guys that have got these 21 sites ultimately what they're doing is leveraging an investment that they've already made across this whole group now and they're they're not having to go to their ceo or cto and say oh, i need some extra money to be able to do this migration task we've already got it and that's another thing that's a key thing that i'm seeing even more so with and I'm not going to get into the whole ransomware cybersecurity type type thing today. We'll be here for hours with with, with Paul. But um, the um, that whole mitigating risk. There's those three things: reduce costs, provide better business outcomes, or better business process, or whatever you want to in, in improving efficiencies, and then mitigating risk. That is the highlight of any IT organization today. Is that if we can provide a much more risk-free environment to our users to our environment that's going to be the biggest selling point and that again that probably leads on to the next bit that we're going to talk about is this portability and the flexibility of that is right okay so the technology's there and we can make that happen we can send workloads from here there and everywhere that's great but then how do you license it because again if we take an old way of licensing it where so let's take Veeam for example we we license a year ago we licensed everything on a per physical cpu socket of the the hypervisor host now if you've got a thousand vms on your environment then we didn't care if it was a hundred sockets and you managed to get the density right down that was your thousand so you could back up as much as you wanted with that and it was really good at the time it was really good really flexible in in a certain degree because we couldn't go anywhere and the people could just keep on adding their workloads on and knew that they could always back that up using Veeam. They added more hosts, they bought more sockets, very simple, very much the same model as, as VMware at that point. 
but as then the public cloud comes out and different areas where we can start consuming to, to, to push our and put our workloads is how do we move that data from A to B and then back to A again and back to C? Because in that traditional world, we'd have to go out there and we would have to, okay, so I've got my VMware environment licenses or I've got my Veeam on VMware environment licenses and the technology allows me to go to Azure, but... It's, it, I, I then have to go and buy some more licenses or more software, which obviously is more money, more asks to the C-level execs who have to sign that check, etc. And all of that stops innovation, stops business, better business outcomes. It stops that. So one of the new things that we, we didn't actually get a chance to talk about this at, at the, the event that you saw, Paul, but... The, um, the the new Veeam Universal Licensing. So if you're today a VMware, so let's say you've got 50 VMs sat on premises, and but let's say that you've got a plan to move 20 of them into AWS and you've got 20 of them to go into Azure. In the old world, you'd have to go and buy those 40 new licenses, but you'd still be stuck with your, with your socket-based licenses on premises. What the Veeam Universal Licensing allows you to do is you'll, that license is fixed to the instance. So if it's a VMware workload today, that VMware workload moves to Azure, so does the license. And it doesn't necessarily, that, that VM actually might just go in the bin and you might go and create an EC2 instance fresh, a cloud native type, type approach to things. And again, you could just move that, that license is, you, you buy 100 licenses at 200 licenses, etc., And then that allows you to be very portable and flexible in where you move that workload. And there's no punishment on, oh, we've brought these vSphere licenses and we have to stay here because that stumps the ability to be able to be innovative from a, a technology point of view. We never want, at, well, at least at Veeam, and at least in product strategy, I never want a licensing or a commercial decision to stop the IT innovation. Uh, well, I, th I mean, you know, and I think I, I would say we did talk about this before we started recording that the, the idea of it's one of those things people don't think about. You know, I think that idea of how do I make sure that wherever I put my data or my workload that I'm, I'm allowed to run it there. You know, I'm licensed. It's, it's a pro, you know, I, I just don't think but it's not one of those things we think about because partly it's not very interesting. It's not very cool. And it's not very sexy. Is it that I, you know, I want to, I want to move data into the cloud because I want to do analytics with it, but nobody really thinks about, Oh, but I'm a license. So I'm licensed to move this workload that I've got that suddenly sat on my, you know, my VMware environment in my data center uh, and it's you know, fully licensed because that's how I did it. But when I move it to AWS or to Azure, oh, now I'm no longer licensed. And well, people just don't don't think about that. You know, they're thinking this is all a big technology discussion all the time. And it kind of plays into what we were saying before that it's about business outcome. It's about having a, a, a strategy that's focused much more on data and outcomes, which has to include, am I allowed to do this kind of stuff here? Um, so, yeah, and I, I think that's a really, I, I think it's smart thinking. I've, I've said this kind of, you talked about some of the content I've, I've done before, but I've, I've, you know, I've talked about this publicly a lot that I think Veeam have been pretty smart in making sure they've kind of addressed this problem quite early on that, you know, just look after the workloads that you've got. You can run that workload wherever, like you don't have to think about it. And like you said, you know, it's it means that we're not having conversations about, oh, I can't do this. I can't innovate in this way because I haven't done something as dull and boring as licensed the thing in the first place. Um, but I, I mean, just alongside that as well, I mean, it, 
you know, we talked a lot about some of the use cases, some of the things that the reasons you want to have portability, some of the business benefits you might get from that. So if I'm, you know, an IT director or, you know, somebody making IT decisions, listening to this and thinking, well, actually, yeah, we, we could do with more workload and data portability in our business. So alongside licensing, I mean, what, what are some of the other uh, kind of building blocks that you need to put in place to make sure that you can have that kind of portability and flexibility? I think so for, specifically from a Veeam point of view is that we've been quite conscious about our backup file. So one of the things I probably should have, we should have opened up with is all of our backup sources. So whether that's a VMware, Hyper-V, Nutanix, HV, physical Windows, physical Linux, cloud-based workloads, et cetera, they all back up into something called a VBK format and or a, a, a basically a full backup file. And the best analogy that I can use here and and then we have incremental files thereafter. But the best analogy that I could use is you had a Windows 98 machine back in the back in the day, Paul, and you probably used WinZip to compress some some files and stuck them on your USB drive, your your shiny one gig. That would have been quite big at the time. Um, um, pen drive. Now, if we had that pen drive today, we could plug it into any machine. Meg floppies in my, back in my day. Yeah. There you go. So, so now we've got an issue because unless you've got a 1.44-inch um, floppy drive, then you can't open that. So the analogy of a USB drive, Paul, is the ability to plug that into any modern computer, and there your compressed file is. Now, I could be running Windows 10. I could be running Mac. I could be running... Linux, I can open that. I can extract the files that you created way back in 1998 um, or on Windows 98, I should say. And that's the premise or the, the analogy that I've been using from a, a Veeam backup point of view because I can take that VBK format and I can move that VBK to anywhere, to any, to any system, whether it's Windows or Linux, I can still open that. Using our Windows, uh, using sorry, using our extractor tool, even if you're not a Veeam customer. Now, one of the biggest things when I was an SE, I would go into a conversation and they would say, right, what are we going to do with these seven years worth of vendor X backups? And our answer is, well, age them out. Well, yeah, that's going to take a while. Um, convert them back. Yeah, that's going to take a while. Um, but I can guarantee you, Mr. Customer, that you won't have the problem with Veeam because. Basically, if you're not happy with Veeam after a year, two years, three years, four, let's hope that's not the case, but you'll always be able to open those VBK format, even if you're not a pay and, pay and Veeam customer, because we're, always, we're going to ship the extractor utility, but we've also got the community edition. Community edition is free, and it gives you the same functionality as a standard version of, of Veeam backup replication. Now, from a backup point of view, it's limited to 10 instances, but ultimately it gives you the ability to extract those VBK files and like that WinZip, like that WinRAR or whatever the, the compression software is, allows you to extract all of that data from there and restore it someplace. And uh, I think that's where that's where really this portability message and, and flexibility messaging really starts from a, a technology point of view. So. As, as far back as, I think it's version four within Veeam backup replication is when we really started focusing on that file system or that that file format about everything being self-contained in that VBK. So it, within that and without getting into the, the technical, but everything within there, within that Veeam backup file 
is is stored in there. So we've got the metadata blocks, we've got the files, obviously the VMDKs, the VHDs, etc., the configuration files. We've got the pointers of that. We've got everything is self-contained in in its own format. So that's why and gives us the ability to be then very agile about moving that from from A to B and being able to then also extract that and push that into any different format as well. Uh, well, I think uh, you know, the, and it makes perfect sense because I think one of the things that uh, I certainly see when we're kind of talking with with businesses around building these kinds of flexible data platforms so they can have this level of portability. It's the thing that you just talked about. It's consistency. You know, it's some kind of consistency of platform that you can have anywhere so you can have the same you know in this case you know kind of the same file format whether that's on-prem whether that's sat on side inside of some hci platform whether that's sat in a public cloud you know it doesn't matter because wherever i move that data i can always read it and extract it um, although the only problem i've got with that is that i still can't get a usb drive to work on my windows 3.1 desktop so that's showing you just how long i've been doing this job um, I'm sure Windows 3.1 is older than you are. Um, so, you know, but but it, it is that consistency piece, isn't it? It's that idea of being able to say, yeah, wherever I put this data, the thing at the other end can always deal with that, can extract it, can transform it into whatever platform it needs to. And for you as a user, for you who just wants a business outcome at the other end, you don't see any of that. You know, and I think that was one of the things that struck me again, going back to the presentation I saw you give was actually how straightforward all this kind of stuff is and how simple it looks to an end user to say, yeah, if you want to have kind of flexibility and portability, make sure we've got consistent layers underneath and we can make that look really easy for you. You know, the, the cleverness under the covers of we just transform this thing to work in a place that I've moved it to. I think it's hugely important as, as kind of part of this whole portability discussion, you know. So and wh whether you, you're doing that with Veeam or whether you've decided there's some other, other route to give you that, I think the idea that I need, I've got consistent platforms in all of these locations allows you to do kind of those those things that you, you want to be able to do. Um, well, look, as we, as we kind of come to the end of our time here, you know, if people have, um, you know, kind of want to find out a little bit more about, um, certainly in Veeam's case, what's going on in this kind of space around portability and, and how you might go about making that part of your data strategy, uh, what's a good way they can find out more? Um, so, but like, if anyone just wants to have a general conversation and chat questions about portability from a Veeam perspective, or just in general data, then you, you can find me on Twitter at, at MichaelCade1. Um, but also all of the, the, the event that Paul was, has mentioned and plugged throughout this call um, is, is Cloud Field Day. So Cloud Field Day back in April this year, we, um, we got the chance to really highlight what that backup file format looks like, what it can do. And we, we showed a complete story of that and, and how what use cases we could use there. As well as there's loads of content out there around, around this stuff. Um, there's also a few articles that I've been doing recently with from a more from a, a business um, angle about use cases, about how do we provide better business outcomes to the financial industry? How do we do that from a manufacturing because of doing this? And as much as I can't mention the the customers that we're that we're talking to, but I can absolutely touch on the uh, on the use cases. Um, I've also got a bit of a blog going on as well over at vzilla.co.uk, probably venturing more into those business strategy type. Um, blog posts as well, um, as well as like getting into the into the deep of the art of the possible of how we can bend the rules of some of our some of our products, but also other 
products out there that work with with Veeam. One final thing though, Paul, um, I just looked up that uh, Windows three point one was released on in nineteen ninety two, so twenty seven years ago. So yeah, no, I was I was fully in school. <laughs> well, there you go. You was fully in school. I was working on Windows three point one. What does that tell you? Um, so, well, look, Michael, great to have you on uh, again. And uh, well, I, I know for, for people who like listening to you on the show and hey, who doesn't? Um, it, there's going to be a whole bunch of other things that we're, we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. Uh, we're, we're at a couple of events together. Um, we're, we're presenting a session together at NetApp Insight at the end of October as well. Um, but we're, I'm sure we're going to be grabbing some podcasts and probably some video stuff that, uh, that, that we'll be posting out. So so for people who've not had enough of just listening to me and you chat about portability, uh, I'm sure there'll be some, some more chances to do that but um but for now michael thanks for being on again and uh, look forward to having you on again in the near future cheers mate thank you i hope you enjoyed that for show notes pop over to techstringy.com we'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes and if you enjoyed the show why not leave us a review and subscribe to make sure you catch all future tech interviews episodes and if you've got an idea for the show or would like to appear as a guest why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com so until next time as always thanks for listening <laughs>